GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Take care with fake news. The regulatory authority is promoting media literacy by highlighting the risks associated with electronic media content. I was joined by Kaylee Podesta and Ibrahim Alba, who told us about their survey and door-to-door questionnaires. And I also spoke to Caroline Carter. Childline Gibraltar is running a programme to help families who experience domestic abuse. But first, Gibraltar's first private hospital has opened with its first MRI scanner. Jibmed International Hospital is situated at the ICC where the health authority's primary care centre used to be and it's headed by Dr David Did. We have uh, opened a radiology department, dedicated radiology department uh, and we've extended our outpatient facility to create uh, identified rooms for specific um, care groups. So for instance we have a a gynaecological women's health room which is very private uh, and and very nice which women can can, uh, consult with their gynaecologist. We've got an eye uh, eye consultation room which again uh, has all the equipment for eye testing and and, uh, run by an ophthalmologist so these people often go on to surgery or, or eye corrections. Uh, and then we have the radiology department, which uh, has uh, five big machines in it. So it has uh, an X-ray machine, uh, it has a, uh, an ultrasound room, uh, it's got a CT scanner, uh, which, is, which is now available and been working now for two weeks. It's got a bone densitometry machine, which is uh, very, very useful, um, for, for, particularly for women with osteoporosis. And of course, um, last but certainly not least, is, is our MRI scanner. Uh, which uh, started functioning on the 17th of October. So you have been uh, already carrying out MRI scans here at Jibmed Hospital? Yes, we, we're doing 20 to 40 scans a week at the moment, well, scans and x-rays and so on a week. Uh, the MRI scanner has uh, been used uh, many times now. It's working extremely well. The pictures are very good. It's a, it's a three-Tesla magnet, which means it's, uh, it's um, very, very fast and the images are very, very clear. Uh, and that, that's very helpful f- for all our doctors, but particularly for uh, looking at brains, looking at hearts and looking at the musculoskeletal system. Gibraltar's first private medical hospital has started receiving private patients and it soon will receive GHA patients needing MRI scans. This is the health minister, Gemma Vasquez. We've got a very specific relationship with JibMed, um, which is their, the use of their MRI scanner. So we are going to be sending patients here instead of over the border so that they have their MRI scans done here. Over the election campaign, um, I was focusing on health and I was talking about how the repatriation of services to Gibraltar would be one of the things that I would highlight um, during my term. That starts with the MRIs here. Um, we've also started clearing the new oncology area in the hospital so that the services which the oncology department can offer are greater than those which are currently offered. Um, there's a cath lab coming, so there's a lot happening so that um, services are repatriated mainly to the GHA but also to clinics that, um, that work in Gibraltar. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott.
We're going to speak to the charity Childline now, who are working with the Ministry of Justice uh, to help families who experience domestic abuse. The Domestic Abuse Recovering Together programme is designed to empower children aged 7 to 14 and also their mothers uh, who face the harrowing challenges of domestic abuse and uh, the chief executive officer of Childline, Caroline Carter joins me now. Uh, good afternoon Miss Carter and uh, tell us are you are using the acronym DART Domestic Abuse Recovery Together, Recovering Together um, how does DART work? Well thanks so much for having us on the programme here today first of all the programme forms part of the wider national domestic abuse strategy and so Whilst we are a small part of the wider strategy, it's a programme which we are introducing to Gibraltar, which is groundbreaking and really exciting. The programme itself has been designed and developed by the NSPCC and underscores which is years... the National Society for the Protection of Children? That's right, yes, in the UK. And so they have given us the licence to deliver this programme, which they have developed over many years and have a huge evidence base underpinning it. So it's a great opportunity for us to bring in uh, such a high-quality programme and introduce it to benefit the families here in Gibraltar. And... The programme works by having families taking part over a 10-week period, one session a week. And the emphasis is placed on supporting the children. They have the opportunity to explore what has gone on in in that period of their lives. We're able to work with them to explore language and understanding over that period of time but there's also a strong evidence base to suggest that if their parent their mother in this case takes part in the program that they will have more longer lasting outcomes for their recovery and going on to thrive in their lives and that's why we include the mothers in the program so that they can be part of the journey with their child so uh, a few things to ask you about but um, you know we're talking about domestic abuse which is a, a horrible mm. uh, thing but unfortunately a reality for some people in Gibraltar as as uh, elsewhere uh, it is as well uh, and uh, and when somebody goes through such a traumatic event what you're saying is that uh, in particular for young people by helping them to choose the right language uh, you can help them to understand what's happened and also give them the tools i suppose uh, to to move on uh, and to to get on with their lives um, while understanding this big traumatic event that's happened that's exactly right and um our program forms part of the wider picture and there are many different agencies offering a whole host of different support mechanisms for families at different levels but this piece is the group program support for children and our program being so child focused is focused on having the opportunity to explore these harrowing experiences but using fun activities arts and crafts um, games and different avenues to explore that period I mean we might use some Lego we'll use arts and crafts we'll use clay we'll be making a, like a volcano and it will erupt and that will show how emotions can overspill and using a whole host of fun and creative ways to address very difficult concepts I was going to say it does sound a bit strange to, to hear you say a fun, uh, sort of a fun approach, given the the sort of the weight of um, what what we're talking about. But 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 it, it, it's on purpose, isn't it? It's designed to to, to be a, a way of teasing out 
what understanding and what experiences the the young person has of uh, this uh, event, of this trauma. That's spot on. And they've already been through the awful experiences that they have survived already. So how do we help them become their very best self? How do we help them to thrive in a world where there might have been things that they haven't yet understood, they haven't yet processed? And by giving them a safe space to explore what has gone on with a few others of their peers, because it will be done in small groups, it will enable them to thrive. It will enable them to be able to process what the awful experiences that they've gone through and look forward and have hope and also hopefully build a bond that they have with their mum by going through the process together so that together as a family they've got a renewed hope, a renewed sense of we can move forward from this, this doesn't define us, this is something we have survived and now we can move forward and live our best lives again. And from the charity's perspective, um, have you had conversations about domestic abuse previously? Is it, uh, to some extent, a slightly daunting topic to, to sort of uh, take on and, and, and say, right, we're going, to, we're going to do this and we're going to talk about it and we're going to help people to, to overcome it and move past it? Well, on one hand, it's a very natural topic for us to be working on and it's very exciting for us to be offering a programme like this to help children process what they've gone through. On our helpline, which is one of our widely known services, we do speak to children on issues to do with family relationships and mental health. Those two topics are, have been the top three topics that children have contacted our helpline since we began. And so it's a natural opportunity for us to help explore that in a face-to-face, -face, much more in-depth way. And another aspect of our programmes is our appropriate adults. And we support children who are detained and arrested by the police and customs. And we find that some of those children who we go to support, not having parents there to support them through that period, some of them have already been through as victims of domestic abuse. And so we're supporting them before it gets so far along the line that they have experienced even more trauma on top of the trauma that they've already experienced to try and prevent these situations defining how they go on to become. And um, as a charity, while we are here to support children who have gone through different levels of cruelty and support them in overcoming any types of worries that they might have, we know that families play a huge part in the lives of children and that's what worries them the most from all sorts of different kinds of problems they experience. But our charity is also here to support families and support parents and help parents be their best selves, to help them thrive, to understand what's going on. And so whilst our positive parenting programmes support parents on a range of, um, let's say, normal parental issues, this particular programme will enable us to use all our training and expertise for this much more specific, much more difficult topic. So we already have the experience of children confiding us on the helpline on issues. We have experience of supporting parents going through difficult times. And this programme will enable us to combine both those two to support families who have been victims of domestic abuse. And you mentioned earlier that um, the domestic abuse strategy sees you working alongside a number of other agencies and bodies. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how your relationships, uh, your relationship with these different uh, bodies is, is developing in the context of trying to, to deal with domestic abuse in Gibraltar? Absolutely. And 
And we are working with a number of different agencies from the Ministry of Justice to the care agency, with education, with health and the police and so on to enable us to support families, not just through the referrals that will come in, but to enable us to give and provide a safe space. We'll look at the strategy and how it's progressing over a period of time because this programme we hope will be here to stay and we will be able to identify specific needs going on in the community and be able to use this programme to target trends as they go on and issues as they go on and also different family circumstances that will lead them to be part of a programme like this. And we're honoured to be part of this wider team of really dedicated professionals and that the Domestic Abuse Steering Group, they are so committed to preventing domestic abuse happening in the first place and also supporting the families who have already gone through. So we feel honoured to be part of that team. And they would be referred to you, I guess. That's right. Individuals taking part. That's right. So they can um, be referred from different agencies. Some might have already had some involvement with, um, say, social services. But in time, we will also be able to get referrals from from schools, from other support groups as well, and across the community, families potentially will be able to self-refer also. Um, So we'll develop the programme as we go along, get more experience and embed it in our community so that we can reach out to as many families that want to take part as possible. So for the time being, um, anyone who uh, is a victim of domestic abuse um, in the first instance should contact the Royal Gibraltar Police. No? Uh, That's right, yes. And if they want a specific advice because they're not or going through the programme but they've wanted more information on the programme, uh, the, the DART programme, they can also contact our helpline uh, 8008 to get information on this. Okay, and uh, this for a long time was headed um, by Samantha Sacramento as the Minister for Justice uh, and and who had a a very sort of um, strong focus, brought a very strong focus to domestic abuse. Um, But now Nigel Featham has taken over as a Minister for Justice. Have you had an opportunity to meet with him and... Uh, have you discussed this strategy? Yes, we've spoke, we met last week with Minister Feetham and he's very supportive of continuing the great work being done by the strategy and working together with all the different agencies, including Childline, to ensure that we continue to progress this great journey that we've been on as a group. And he is there for us to provide support, but also ensuring that the programme is successful on a logistical level too. Okay, well, uh, stay with us for just a a moment, if you would. Uh, Caroline Carter is the chief executive of Childline. We're discussing uh, a programme called Domestic Abuse Recovering Together, uh, which uh, is designed by the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. And uh, here is Wendy Pimblett of the NSPCC. Hi, my name is Wendy Pimblett. I'm an implementation manager at the NSPCC. I'm responsible for DART, our Domestic Abuse Recovering Together service. During the sessions, the mums and the children participate in a range of activities designed to strengthen their relationship, promote communication about the abuse and support one another through their recovery. Working together at the same time with mums and their children to recover from the impact of domestic abuse is a unique element of DART. DART is underpinned by a theory of change and has been subject to a robust evaluation, both internally within our NSPCC hubs, 
but also with our external partners across England and Wales. We are so pleased that Childline Gibraltar are implementing the service and are sure it will play a vital part in helping children and their mums move on from the abuse they have experienced. Wendy Pimblett of the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, who Childline Gibraltar uh, are working with uh, on this programme called DART. Um, so just to, to wrap up, Caroline Carter, uh, uh, you know, tell us, uh, uh, at the risk of repeating yourself, why this is such an important programme and why it's so important as well to break the cycle of abuse. So this programme will enable us to support children who have been victims of domestic abuse and we're really excited about this pioneering programme because it's the first group programme to support children that we've been able to introduce in Gibraltar and we are really excited about the fact of developing our partnership with the NSPCC to deliver it because they're going to support us along the way and they're going to ensure that we're delivering it to their same high standards as it would be delivered in the UK and their research and evaluation practices will ensure that we do the best that we can to support these children and these families to go on to live their very best selves. And and uh, I mentioned sort of breaking the cycle, and that's because uh, we know, unfortunately, that um, statistically children affected by domestic abuse in their early years are significantly more likely to go on to experience abuse later in life or even to perpetuate it. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is something that I suppose the, the, uh, the, the programme will target. No? That's right, and that's one of our biggest hopes, that by enabling the safe space for them to process what's gone on, understand what's gone on, they'll be able to prevent it and break the cycle themselves by empowering them with the tools and the knowledge and also giving them strategies to deal with what's gone on and how to overcome that. They'll be able to support one another as a family unit to break this cycle and ensure that we can hopefully eradicate domestic abuse. And you've talked about children and mothers, and that's because they are the main victims. That's right. Is there, is there, does the programme apply to men who suffer from domestic abuse? It's a very good question. This particular programme, due to the fact that mothers tend to be the majority of victims, the evidence base is supporting mothers through the program to support the children. Once we have some experience of delivering this and supporting families, we'll then be able to consider supporting something for fathers who have also been victims. But for now, we'll focus on delivering the program as the evidence base and the license that we've got to deliver what we've got so far. All right. And and, uh, how long do you envisage uh, this running for? Each programme will run for a period of 10 weeks and we'll hopefully run it until domestic abuse is eradicated. So, okay, well, hopefully not too long, but uh, you're, you're, you're in it while, while there is domestic abuse. Childline is committed to working with the other agencies, Rolgeable to Police, Social Services, uh, to, to continue to, to give tools to, to victims of domestic abuse. That's correct. We're in it for the long haul. As a charity, we've been around for 17 years when we first launched our helpline. Already 17 years. Well. That's right. We're here to stay, and this programme is just another... Uh, tool that we have to support families here in our community to deal with some very difficult challenges that they've had to overcome. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. 
fake news. Do you know what it is? And are you looking out for it? The regulatory authority is promoting media literacy by highlighting the risks associated with electronic media content. Uh, so the GRA is uh, carrying out a survey online as well as door-to-door questionnaires. And uh, joining us to tell us a little bit more is Kaylee. Podesta, good afternoon, Kaylee, and also Ibrahim Alba. Thank you uh, both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Uh, Our pleasure. Uh, So, media literacy, what what is it? So, basically, I think it's um, important just to bring it back to basically the local changes in our telecommunications legislation this year, which gave us a new duty basically to promote media literacy, encourage better public awareness and understanding of the material that's published online, the material that we consume, Um, Published generally, no? Generally online, social media, all these types of things. Um, And we need to address uh, this through the promotion, enhancement of media literacy skills amongst these users, especially in 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 today's today's society society where we're bombarded bombarded with information. Exactly. Many mediums of communication. I mean, we we open our phones first thing in the morning, and you start getting all sorts of messages and and seeing things. So So I think our our first um, starting point, once we got the change in legislation, was... So what, what do we, um, how do we assess what, how the current society is regarding um, media literacy? Do they understand what media literacy is? Um, so we thought a good starting point would be a survey and see the local community, how, um, how informed they are about media literacy. So, um, how if they know to look out, what to look out for, exactly, how to tell do, fake do news are, from do, something which is exactly do they fact checked? Do they um, question the credibility of online content? Do they do they form some part of critical thinking when they are accessing um, exactly. information online? So, I, we thought that was a good starting point to get our duties ongoing um, in promoting what media literacy is in first assessing actually how uh, how is. literate are we? No? Exactly. And there's so, also the, the, the importance of the awareness of our consumption habits and what we're doing online, um, the fact that you have these algorithms going on in the background. So these are all things that people, especially the youth, need to be aware of. And this is all forms a critical part of what we're doing at the moment, for sure. OK, so, so uh, there's a, an online survey that you're asking people to take? That's right. So um, basically the GRE has collaborated with a local media marketing company named The Hub, and they are assisting us in carrying out our Media Literacy Matters campaign throughout Gibraltar. The um, survey will be carried out door-to-door. It will be carried out as well, it will be disseminated online via our social media platforms and, and other means, as well as, as well, we've got the support of the Department of Education, so we're disseminating them via schools as well. We've got two surveys, one for adults and one for kids. Um, the adult survey is uh, geared for over 18s, 18 years of age and the uh, kids survey is obviously the questions are different they are more geared for children and um, those are for uh, children aged 10 to 17 okay so this will be carried out for the next six weeks so we're hoping to um, get a target uh, audio, uh, response of about 6,000 to 8,000 responses which, quite, which, quite ambitious Yes, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're aiming for. Definitely. So um, that will be a good um, indication of um, Gibraltar's um, demographic. And once we have those um, responses, we will be able to give us um, some information on, on how the community is doing. And we will be able to access as well some information gaps on on how basically we can just... Yeah, really target, sort of target our guidance, perhaps hold workshops, depending on the types of groups that we're talking about. So once we get those 
results. That's what we're planning to do with the information. Use that to really target those specific areas that, in our opinion, are lacking. So, so the GRA not only wants to know how literate we are with our media, and by media you mean uh, primarily uh, the stuff that you get on a on, on a tablet or on a phone. Correct. No? Absolutely. Um, right. And and you not only want to assess that, but you also want to um, promote good media literacy. Yes, yeah, that's right. To... One of the, the aims of our um, campaign is to empower individuals as well, like with media literacy skills, so that they can better navigate the digital landscape and they can critically engage with online content. So when they're looking at social media platforms and they see any information, they can stop and think, is this, um, is this reliable? Like maybe they can look at other sources to access, like um, to define whether that, what is the source of information? Is it a... Is it a good source? How do we... Yeah, and I think basically it's coming back to the types of online harm. I mean, the things we're trying to make people aware of are obviously fake news, something which is quite prevalent in today's society. We're talking about misinformation, which obviously has the basically the rapid dissemination of incorrect or unsubstantiated information. And as we all know, that can provoke an instant response on social media, which tends to be quite negative. Um, hate speech, any type of online content which may have a certain type of agenda behind it. So we just want to bring an awareness to that. Um, another aspect, Katie, I think was the cyberbullying side of things, which is obviously different from your traditional type of bullying, but there needs to be an awareness that these types of things can be used um, across that, these mediums. Um, by being media literate, you understand what's okay to do online and what's not as well. So that's that comes into cyberbullying. So you would understand that it's not okay to like do certain types of... Mm -hmm. Uh, things that generally are maybe more... Um, so you'd hope that there'd be fewer people who might do something that they shouldn't online exactly. because they don't know of the harm. I mean, exactly. they might still do it, but, but the, they, they, they <clears throat> should know what the harm they're causing is. That's right, um, Jonathan. And perhaps inadvertently, I mean, for example, we were talking about artificial intelligence, things you hear online, so how photos that you may see, interviews that you may hear may not be legitimate. You've also got linked with AI. Is, you've got, it's quite a scary thought, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. really is. And then linked with AI, you've also got this concept of persuasive technology where videos, suggested videos, are picked for you to play on your emotions, whether that be sadness, happiness, anger, and obviously that can influence the audience into a certain direction. So these are just things people need to be aware of when they're consuming this, inf you know, this information online, really. So I, I understand the... Um the sort of the campaign to 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 assess, well to to try and find out how literate we are and also to promote good media literacy but what about sort of powers what well, what's within the GRA's is, remit to do and not to do this is something of, I'm glad you've raised it's quite a crucial point it's it's not a, this isn't a case of people identifying fake news or misinformation and reporting it to the GRA unfortunately for obvious reasons our regulatory remit does not extend that far. This is just literally. You're about... not going to be taking on Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook no, no, no. to try and uh, improve <laughs> his so. fact checking. No, no, no. So this is ultimately it's about education. It's about awareness. It's it's about as Kaylee said, becoming media literate, and having the ability to independently apply these skills to your daily life and your daily online usage. So that you can, you know, use digital services um, well, uh, with, and, and know where the risks are and, and how to navigate exactly. them. Precisely. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, uh, we wish you the best of luck. You're, you're, uh, apart from the online survey, then you're going to be carrying out a door-to-door -door 
survey um, uh, and uh, people can expect across Gibraltar um, you know if they've heard this if they hear a knock on the door for a GRA survey this is this is what they're going to be asked yeah. about Certainly. and then they'll we'll be... also be having a piazza yeah. day so we will also bring awareness there um, we will have um so yeah, today, and then I think just depending how things progress, First, like I said, we may target certain groups, we may um, issue guidance, we guidance may have, notes, exactly. perhaps have certain workshops with, with certain groups, but that's all in the pipeline to come and yet to be determined. Once we get the survey done, then that will all follow on from there. And how long do you think um, somebody is, you know, here's a knock on the door and they're, oh, how long, uh, how much time are you, do you About think it'll six take? six weeks. No, no, it won't take them six weeks to fill it in. Oh, no, sorry, no, okay. sorry, no. <laughs> Sorry, I understood. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, how, how, what is it like a 15-minute thing, or um, I would say about a two-minute thing. Oh, really? Not even. Yeah, quite it's quite. Sure. There's it's, ten it's, questions. It's been designed to, so to, it's, to it's flow very... and be quite straight to the point. Certainly, so, not too much to ask then. If you get a, a knock on the door from the GRA about media literacy, we know what. Uh, it's just a two-minute thing. Excellent, uh, guys. Thank you for for coming in. Uh, how how long then? Um, you've said that it's going to be. It's going to take you several months because you, you've got six to eight thousand people that you're hoping to to reach. <laughs> uh, so about six weeks. Yeah, that's a uh, six weeks. Our campaign is going to be running for six oh, okay. weeks. Okay, <laughs> so so maybe we can ask you back then after you've collected all of the data and and analysed it. Definitely. Would be, great. We'll be yeah. able to give more insight into where those knowledge gaps are, what the issues are in our community. So certainly, we'd welcome that. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from one to two, getting behind the headlines, and you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.